0: Hey, good girls. Welcome to the first episode of the Good Girls Read After Dark podcast. I'm your host, G. Alex is not with us today, but she'll be on the next episode. Today for our very first guest, we have Rebecca, somebody that I'm one of the first people I met on Bookstagram that I was like, this is my person. Like, this is, this is who she is. I call her a lot of things. I call her mother because she does mother. <laughs> uh she's like a big sister and a best friend all in one so she's kind of all in one all of the above so i have such exciting i'm so excited to talk to you about your book night weaver which is right behind you yay she is locked and loaded i have my copy ready to go where it went so (laughs) i have to find that but she's here somewhere (laughs) So, yeah. can you let us know where we can find you? Like, what social media channels are, are you on? What's your usernames?
1: So, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, on, and really anything, I'm going to be at RM Gray Author, which is Gray with an A um but yeah i'm mostly on instagram i have a tiktok i haven't really gotten into tiktok i'm trying to do that but
0: it's hard it's not there (laughs) in these streets for tiktok it definitely is (laughs) it's yeah so when did you start reading because you give me the vibe of like a reader like she's a reader
1: yes so basically like all of this right here all of these that was like my like big intro to reading when i was a kid like my mom always would read to us like all like growing up like she was like big into reading my dad was big into reading um so it's funny because when I was a kid I actually like didn't really want to be a reader like because they mm-hmm. were like such readers that I was like mm, not for me um <laughs> and my mom literally like made me go to the library and she was like we're not leaving until you find a book that you like that you like want to read
0: what do you want to read
1: so I uh I found the warrior cats books I don't know if you know about those. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i found the warrior cats books and i was like fine i'll read this it's like about a cat whatever and then yeah i just like ended up really loving reading literally history rest is history so thank you warrior cats
0: shout out to the warrior cats (laughs) amen um you can find uh rebecca's lovely family uh including her iconic husband um, on her Instagram, and um they have really, she makes really really good content, which we'll get into a little bit later. Aww. Also, you have a podcast. Yes, shout so, out to the podcast. It is called Morley gray, gray with an, with an A. a. So yes, name is Gray and like A
1: with and an A. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: and it's, it's just good, and you just thank you. it's, it's just something that's good, thank and you. people should definitely listen to it. Thank so you. So, your what are some of your favorite authors beside yourself and tropes
1: okay um I feel like I always give the same answers but like they're just consistently my favorites um so and they're all like like Two Of them are YA, but one of them is like middle grade. Um, but it was like my favorite book when I was growing oh, yeah, up, and it's yeah. The Two Princesses of the Mar by Gil Carsten Levine. Levine, I always say both. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but either way, yeah, it's so that's why
0: sand and resand.
1: And it really is. That's how it feels to me. Like, and you know, no matter how many times I google it, I'm like, okay, this is what it is, right, I need to remember right. that. I just immediately second guess myself, uh-huh. but that's one of my favorites. Um, and then Splintered by A.G. Howard um, is one of my favorites. And, um, and then Tiger Lily by Jody Lynn Anderson. That's one of my favorites. So Yeah,
0: I will say some of my favorite books, if not all of them or most of them, are all from when I was a child. Because I yeah. think when you read as a child, those books stick with you because they were from your formative years. So like exactly um, The Twits by Roald Dahl was a big okay. one that I stand. Um and Zorgamazo was another one. And I okay. don't really remember what happened in it other than it was weird. Right. And I really liked it. So I totally relate to having like a middle grade YA as like your favorite author. Like some of my favorite one of one of my favorite books It's called, I will always write back. And it's actually not a storybook. It's a kind of a memoir about Mm -hmm. these two people that uh, were pen pals. One was in Zimbabwe, I think, and the other was in Pennsylvania and they met. And it was just such a sweet story. So we are here to talk about miss Nightweaver. There she is. There she is. So what? we already said the name, but is it, what's the plan for night? Is there a series or a universe? It,
1: It is. Yeah. So, um, Nightweaver is book one of five in the Nightweaver series. So it's just going to be the Nightweaver series. Um, and I'm actually about to announce the title for book two, like really soon. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, and I have them all planned out. Like I have all the titles already. They're, they're all already planned, but I've been like, I told somebody the other day, like I feel like once I release the title, then it like kind of becomes everybody else's right thing you know and like while I'm working on it I'm kind of trying to just keep it my thing for now so
0: exactly exactly see I was an art reader for Nightweaver I don't know if I'm I think I mentioned that and it was one of it's so well we might as well segue into this what is it about like you have a very clear clean on-brand aesthetic for your book and this follows into what are five words that you would describe for your book so what is it about like I mean you can yeah what is it about
1: so it's about so I describe it as Parts of the Caribbean meets Gothic Downton Abbey but with a dark magical twist. Right. Um, but it's about a, a girl. She's 17-year-old pirate and she's lived at sea her whole life. We
0: love Violet. We love Violet.
1: <laughs> and so she gets captured by these creatures or these beings called nightweavers, um, that she's been, you know, taught to to be afraid of and that she's been on the run from um and she starts to discover that pretty much everything that she's been told is a lie um and so she has to team up with her captor will caster fine
0: it's fine it's (laughs) fine we'll get into him a little later
1: so she has to team up with her captor to try to solve her brother's murder um Mm -hmm. and so things ensue and she ends up finding out that the killer is actually hunting her
0: Wow. Okay. So here's the thing about Nightweaver. When I was reading it, there were a lot of different emotions I was experiencing. And you were there for all of them. All 25,000 emotions on the spectrum. I did feel, And some that aren't even discovered yet. Right. And um, the twist, I'm not going to say anything because spoiler, but the twist at the end is like, I think arguably the only other time, and I mean this with my full heart. The only other time I've had a twist that that was that was that impactful was Akamath by Sarah J. Mass, According Court of Mist and Fury. Wow. Um, because if you know, you know. What I a high know. compliment. Yeah. So seriously, though, because that twist, like I didn't see or like I didn't see that coming at all. That shocked my system. And then yeah. the, the like the very end part of the book where like everything kind of culminates, that mm-hmm. was the point at which I was like, oh, oh, so that's crazy and that's insane and that's suspicious that's weird like (laughs) that's just how i was feeling it was a very it's a really good fast-paced story character driven novel about you know the journey of a violet Oberon, the 17 year old and some other cool characters on the side that we love that we love so much (laughs) Uh, Lord William Caster and Captain Shade. And of course, shout, there out. Were like other, shout out to both of them. There are <laughs> other characters, but those are like the. I remember one of the things on your ARC form when you sent them out for people to sign up. One of the things that I really appreciated was a lot of those forms can get really tedious and boring. Mm-hmm. And all your answers were like, who the heck is. I just want to know who the heck Captain Shade is. Like, <laughs> yeah. none of them were yes or no. It was more of like, it was just it was just very, the way you did it was very vibes. wonderful and it was fine it was just whimsical. And <laughs> it, was, it was fun so what so you did the five words technically because you did describe what your book is about so right. we already mentioned some of the characters and this is the question that we've been talking over a little bit so who is more daddy we have we had lord william Castor, who's my man or captain shade and you said that i wouldn't like the answer
1: because I I can't give you an answer. Oh, okay, that's I, I can't. Was. Okay, but I want to know. Obviously, I feel like I know what your answer is, but for the people to know, but is your what would you think? Oh Lord,
0: William Castor.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: hundred percent. You think
1: me like my man? Like that's it's so funny because like I get such extreme like like different answers. Yeah, like some people are like hate him. Like, want nothing to do with him. Not my dad! Yeah, and then you're, like, full-on, like, no, Team Will. I am
0: Team Will. If you look on my Instagram, which is at stfu and read this book, i I've made so much content
1: <laughs> Yeah, of
0: it, like, saying, like, Lord or, like, Will caster is daddy. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's literally Lord William Castor. Like, no offense <laughs> to Shade, like, Captain fuck. Right. But, like, also, right. like, the way that he talks to her when they dance is just there's something different about it and i think the thing so i'm not a ya girly um i'm not a connoisseur of ya however as a more advanced reader by age your book and the content you have between mr william castor and Violet, there's just something about it that (laughs) i was able to really resonate with in a way that like fulfilled everything i wanted to get out of the characters which i think is just an indication of just like good writing because it, it appealed oh. to someone who is above the age of 17, that is very far removed from 17 that wouldn't necessarily indulge in YA, but it was enough of a, of an inkling you gave me enough that I was like, right now this YA, I will, I will read, I will read. It's not all smut here. Like there is just some, there's some yes. times where you're like, I want the sweet, kisses and the hand holding and the giggling and the kicking my feet like it's not it doesn't have to be like you know against a wall intense so that was just I wanted right. to say that so what tropes are some of the ones that are in your book that really stick out to you and which ones are those are your favorites
1: so I always feel like this is the question that I like always blank on which is like the most marketable right. thing but so I like wrote them down <laughs> earlier because I was like okay I gotta like remember this um so definitely slow burn um Forbidden Romance, Enemies to Lovers, um, Friends, or Enemies to Friends. Enemies to Friends, yeah. Um, And then now, of course, I'm like, who did this to you? Which, like, I will
0: eat up every time. (laughs) Like, the thing is, your book, for those of you who are worried about the line, and I I just really want to stress this. For those of you who are worried about the fact that it's marketed as a YA book, there is – there is something in this book for all readers of a certain age of course it's not like explicit but it's like you give us such you just give us such like like little like snippets a nibbles of like what is a really powerful romance and like what is a really powerful coupling between the two and and I think that really fulfills the need and as someone who is like reads a lot of romance books of varying degrees of you know description like i i just want to very much stress this for the listeners and watchers that don't be fooled by it being ya there isn't it's you know it's not a it's not a court of silver flames right but it's like it is so tastefully done that it you don't even really realize that it's ya after a certain point you're like oh this just the romance just makes sense because it is a slow burn so it's not like an insta lust or like an insta love it it's just like a very good you, the pacing is really well done and so it it does Thank fulfill you. like a very core need of mine to have like a romance aspect and there is enemies to lovers and it's done really well so i just i just think that, that needs you. to be said like don't <laughs> let the ya scare you because it does give you a lot of what you're going to need so now this is a question that I love asking the most. On a Friday night, what are your characters doing? Specifically, Captain Shade, Will, and Violet.
1: <laughs> okay, so I had to think about this mm-hmm. one too. So Captain Shade would be doing something mysterious. Right. I can't, like, obviously you wouldn't, you, you, you don't, don't know. know. Who, Who knows, knows what he's doing on a right. Friday night? Who knows, right? Um, Violet would be either well, who's Will, like- Will, my question, hey, would they be together? <laughs> i mean like maybe they would be like stargazing cool. together or something like <laughs> cool no i like that for them i yeah i feel like that's yeah that's that's probably like my that's a solid answer so. okay that's well what would probably
0: what would probably start doing if they weren't together
1: <laughs> if they weren't together probably like either like hanging out with her family or um like in the kitchen with her dad yeah, I should say, or i'm
0: kicking ass and taking names yeah.
1: What is she doing?
0: Okay, so what is she like, what is Will yeah. doing? Like what is he up to?
1: Probably gardening. He's he's my little flower I love boy. Lane so like
0: so much <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. That's wild. I also love Elaine from a and so that's giving me a little right. vibes like i'm a good guard i'm a fan of a gardener like okay yeah <laughs> so these are the questions that we wanted to talk about more about your journey as an author as a person you are one of the best people to talk to just in general you're very like you respond to every person that ever posts you on instagram like you're very res- not respectful i mean you are but like you're very responsive thank you and very <laughs> aware that you owe it to your readers and you do it in a way that makes it feel like a big family. And so one of the things that you are a big, and you're also like a, just a good role model in general, I think, one of the things, and you recently posted an episode from the morally gray with an a podcast about um, not giving up on your dreams. And you often speak about this kind of theme in your life. And you personally have a great story about overcoming obstacles and personal growth. So I'm just wondering if you could speak a little bit more about how you specifically with being a writer, but even like in your personal life, how you were able to overcome, you know, fear of failure, self doubt that you weren't good enough. Like what were some, what was your journey with that?
1: Honestly, it's, I feel like my answer is always that it's an ongoing thing. You know what I mean? Like it never really, there's never, I don't feel like ever a place in my like writing life or even in my personal life where I would say that I'm not like, like that I don't think about like the fear of failure and, and, you know, things like that. But I think for me, really, it comes down to accepting that, like accepting that I am going to feel those things. um, But not letting it keep me from doing the things that I that I want to do, you know, like the the thing that I've always said, um, my dad's been like a huge, like inspiration to me, like huge encouragement all the time. And like, we've always talked about you know, the difference between people who are living their dreams and people that aren't are the people that are living their dreams just didn't give up, you know, like they they kept doing it even when it seemed impossible. So for me, I would say, you know, as far as getting over, you know, like the fear of failure and like self-doubt and all those things, it's just recognizing that everybody feels that um, and that if you if you let it, it will keep you from doing those things that you love. But if you if you keep doing it, you know eventually you're going to get there. Like something Harrison has even said to me, shout out Harrison, something he's always said to me is like, <laughs> like you, you can't work this hard at something and like not eventually see success at it. So like, it's just really, I tell people all the time, you know, you have to put your blinders on and just run at that thing that you want to do. And like, you, you will get there eventually. So
2: and it's, it's like, just living it's with really that.
0: Stressful. I mean, you make a really good point about how it's an ongoing journey, right? And it's really stressful yeah. as someone who, Has dabbled in various artistic endeavors, songwriting, book writing, writing in general. Like it is one of those things where you do just have to keep at it, and it it, and people Mm -hmm. I do think forget that. I think they look, we live in a culture that is so media obsessed and celebrity focused, yeah, that people often forget that they had self doubts too, except if you're a Kardashian. Absolutely, I don't really think you had any self doubts if you're a Kardashian. But, like, all the actors you see on your screens that look so perfectly poised and confident, they have to start yes. out with, with, unless they're, like, a Nepo baby, but they have to start out yeah. with some sort of self-doubt. And even the Nepo baby Absolutely. come out and said that they have self-doubt because are they there for the right reasons? So I think exactly. Don't forget that just because you look like you have it all together or just because you have some sort of success, which you have, and we'll talk about that later, it isn't like you didn't <laughs> it didn't take a village to get there like it did it most
1: difficult. yeah absolutely and you know what we've always said too is like it takes seven years typically to become an overnight success right. so like and I, I even tell Harrison all the time too it's it's so weird in my just personal life now like post-publishing how all of a sudden it's like that thing and like you know like I always kind of knew it would right. happen but it's like all of a sudden now people care right you know, like in my personal life, you know, like now, like people, like I told Harrison, like we were on our way to Thanksgiving this year. And I was like, you know, every year, like since I was like 15 and I decided I wanted to be a writer going to like family events or holidays or just social outings in general were always so miserable for me because I didn't want to talk about like my writing because you would get like the looks from people or their, their, you know, unwanted opinions and people were never excited about it. It was like, I would bring it up and it was like, change the subject, right. you know? And I told him, I was like, it's weird because this is the first year that I'm going to, like, a holiday or something. And I'm I'm knowing that people are going to be asking me, like, oh, my God, like, how are things now with your book? And, like, it's so exciting. It's, it's just weird to see that because I'm like, I've been doing this this whole nice. time. It's
0: that parallel. You know?
1: Right. Yeah. It's just now you recognize it because you're seeing... More like the other side of it it's you know
0: like those people that yeah. become really rich and then all the people that they have you ever seen princess diaries okay yes. so you know, i so love okay, princess movie, diaries so you know the scene where like <laughs> they find out that she's the princess of genovia or whatever and if you haven't seen the right. movie spoiler i guess but also like the movie's like 12 years old or something like that <laughs> for okay, yeah a longer exactly. yeah she goes and she is discovered as the princess of genovia and Mandy, who's like the really mean girl, is like, oh my god, mm-hmm. me and her are best friends. Like we're like yes. besties. Like I love her so much. Like we're in every class together, and the entire movie, she's just been like a big pain in her
1: ass. Like awful. It's yeah. just been so bad.
0: So it's like, it's it's one of those things. I think with family though, it's, it's a little different. But it is one of those things where it's like you've made it, and now people are curious because I think a lot Absolutely. of people have a fear of. Um, encouraging if it doesn't happen like what happens after that yes. like if it, there have been times yes. where people have told me like oh I'm so excited to see like you're gonna be the next big superstar like when I was little and I used to act it was I was filled with that I mean like I'm from LA and yeah. like that is a very constant that is a very like a yeah. very th- people have the same experience a very shared experience of like you're gonna be the next star like you're so good on stage yeah and then when it doesn't happen you look around at those people and you're like well what What you said it was good. I'm not. Am I not good? And so I think that's where your journey with self doubt is really interesting and is really beautiful to see. Is that you were not necessarily were surrounded by, but there were always these thoughts in your head of like, "Well, I could do it, but will I?"
1: Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's what's crazy about it. It's like, I feel like once people do see like the other side of it, it's almost kind of like, like, even for me, like I am constantly trying to wrap my head around, like, this wasn't like a guarantee. Right. Like, it feels like it, like once you're there, like, Oh, well it, it happened. Like it was a guarantee, but it's like, it wasn't like at any point I could have been like, I give up like I'm not I'm not doing this anymore and like I got so it's what's so crazy is like I got so close to that point like just a couple of months like into like last year like like in a couple months into the year I was like I I told Harrison and my parents I was like I just think like I had gotten to a really low point where I was like I just think I've been trying this for so long and it really it's kind of embarrassing when people ask me about it and like It's just so much pressure on myself that like, what if I'm not ever successful at this? Like, what if I can't do it? And like, you know, I just got to a point where I was kind of like, I think I am. I told Harrison one day, we were driving down the road and I was like, I think that I'm just going to like bow out quietly and like pretend I never even tried and just like give up on the whole deal. Like I was like that close. And so it's like crazy now to see the other side of it. And it's like, of course, if you could go back and tell yourself you know hey like just keep at it that's why like I'm always telling people that is it's like really like just keep at it like keep going and like don't give up and and you will see the other side of it you know like
0: I said like you are very upfront with that journey that you've taken and I think that is what is so I don't want to say iconic because that feels like such a throwaway word but like it it is iconic and not the gen z gen alpha slang way it's just it is yeah iconic which is the as a gen z like it sounds like i'm like girl that's iconic you know but like it, right. it's really it's really telling i think of the type of person that you are and the and speaking of which i want to shout out you for a second i just want to give you oh. your flowers and your props because not only oh. did you start out as a self-published author you recently signed with an agent and fairly quickly after night weaver came out you became an amazon best-selling author and held your own book signings (laughs) and you have more coming up and this is a debut novel this is not a not like you haven't had a fan base like there was no book that you released prior to this that would have gotten traction like you did that that was something you did and I remember when you posted that you were an Amazon best-selling author it was like that's wild to me because there are so many other authors that i've spoken with that have done the same amount of like guerrilla marketing i would say as you've done because that's the only thing the mm-hmm. authors can and for those that yeah. don't know what guerrilla marketing is it's basically like pushing content in your face and mm-hmm. i know tons of authors that have really and we'll get to this really great content like you do and they just didn't make it they didn't get there and it's one of those yeah. things where like it's a it's a it's a perfect storm because it's a, it's a yeah like, you know niches and the audience that you Yeah. But I mean like coming out you released this book that is really good for a debut novel and you
1: became Thank like you.
0: you have an eight like what was that like getting an agent after you I remember you texted me and I was like there's no way.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's really just so weird. Um I was even thinking about it earlier cuz I was I was doing this thing that I'm about to say but like I've spent so long, like, being that person that, like, practices for things like this, like, in the shower. You know what I mean? Like, I tell people all the time, like, I I visualized all of this for so long. Like, and I I would tell Harrison all the time, I'm like, the only thing that really kept me from giving up a lot of the time was, like, when I would really feel those things. I would visualize, like, what is it going to be like to have a book signing? What is it going to be like to hold my book in my hand? And, like, holding on to those moments. And so, like, getting an agent was always something that like I like visualize right. like what is that gonna feel like how is it gonna and it's almost and I don't even want to use the word anticlimactic but because that sounds a, so a, like
0: that's like you knew it was gonna happen and now it's here
1: exactly yeah like I tell Harrison all the time I'm like I'm just now living in the life You've already
0: been living it. that I like <laughs>
1: I've already been living in all these years, like delusionally. You know what I mean? Like, I've I've been like delusionally living in this world, so like it almost kind of just feels like. And I hate to say it like this, but it almost just kind of feels like sometimes to myself, like that those like voices, competing voices in your head, like yeah, like of course you did that. You know what I mean? Like, I think we need
0: to normalize that, where it's like we need to normalize that voice that's like, you go, girl, you got your bag, you got your man, you got your dream. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah.
1: That- well, well, I was going to say like, that's even it's you saying that I, when I first started like seeing success or whatever, like that feels weird to even say, but like when I first started like seeing the success and stuff, I, I told like my parents and like Harrison, I was like, I'm embracing it in a way that I never really thought that I would, because I've been forced to be so like, like humbled right by like the like lack of success you know what i'm saying like oh man you've been writing for like years you you've never when are you ever gonna publish like what are you gonna do like you know so that you're kind of like humbled by like yeah like one day you know but like once i started seeing this like the fruits of my labor like really like that's off like if you're an indie author like you're any type of like artist like you're saying like you really do put everything into it like you put your whole heart and soul into this thing and people never see that like people see like the surface of it like when you have success but like they don't see everything that goes into that so I told them I was like when people say things to me now like I really own it like in a way that I never thought that I would because it's like yeah like I did do that like yeah like I've worked really hard for this like I deserve it you you know and I
0: think the thing is like people I think like there are so many and and again like amazon best-selling list you had a this book signing you have more book signings on the way like your book signings are beautiful like the the whatever you, Thank you. you turned it out for that book signing you had I'm Sure to see, <laughs> Thank you. you know where you live also to see places yeah. that have your content that have your book that you've worked, and worked yeah. on and i think you speak to a really good point about how you've lived so long, this humble existence of like, Oh, well one day, like maybe it'll happen. Like maybe it's going to happen. And like, it's not right now and the book is on its way and all this stuff that you're telling yourself. And then it actually happened. And so now your body's kind of like, well, I mean, I think it's great that your default was like, I'm going to embrace it. And you didn't. Yeah. And I think the thing is like, you are still reaching for more, but you're also, you are humble enough about it to be able to look back and give that advice because I don't, I can't imagine the amount of young people that come to your book signings that want to be you.
1: I mean, I, I wanted to be <laughs> me, you know, right. like I could, it's so weird because like I've spent so long, like you saying that, like I've spent so long looking at authors who were where I wanted yeah. to be and just feeling that like major disconnect, like, Oh, these are people who like actually yeah. do the thing that I want to do. And like, maybe one day, like I'll get there, but like, now that like i have like a a a published book and people are like saying that stuff to me i'm like i am you like i literally am you like we're the same person like the only difference is now is like there's a a tangible book Mm -hmm. in my hand but like if you're writing a book or like you're working on it's like you're already there you know what i mean like you're already there you just need to like keep walking like keep going exactly and like you're gonna you're gonna cross that line you know About
0: like going over podcasts or interview answers to questions you'd get like in the shower when I was younger and I thought I was going to be this you know award-winning actress which is not my dream anymore and I'm totally comfortable with that but I have I still have four different signatures I have a signature yeah. for contract I have a signature for if I was at like a like an autograph signing or something and I had no time at all I have a signature I love for it. if I was at like dinner and someone came up to me and I had a little bit of time and then I have a signature for if I have like <laughs> A lot like if it's a one on one meet and greet type of situation, and I have the time to do it, yeah. I have a signature for that. So it's like, I need you to coach you know, me I on totally signatures. Will, <laughs> I am a big fan of my signature, it has like a heart at the end, it's really cute. But I, love I it. think that, and I've had that since I was younger, and I fully expected to use that. And I like, and you know this, and some people know this, I was dabbling with writing a book in the summer. And I think one of the things that people would say to me and I, and I read this in a lot of books about writing was like, if you're not doing it for yourself, then you're not doing it at all. And as yeah. a singer as well, like that is something that I hear all the time is like, if you're making music for other people, then you're not doing it right. Because if you're not making something yeah. that you genuinely like, then it's gonna come through. And even in a, in, like in a song, it's different, yeah. but even in a book, like if you don't like what you're writing and we can tell you how to deadline, It's just not going to be good. The content isn't going to be there. It's the way the characters, the relationship is going to be really shoddily done. And I just think that that's what's so powerful about your journey is that you have this beautiful combination of your time, tears, efforts, you know, rough drafts, final drafts, edits, and and all that stuff. And I also wanted to segue into, we we talked a little bit about guerrilla marketing. So you have some of the best, and I mean the oh. best. I follow a lot of indie authors, and I love all my girlies, but you have some of the best content because it is so spot on to your brand, you. your aesthetic. And if you haven't seen it, you are missing out, and need to go on her page on Instagram. RMG, <coughs> uh, is it RM Gray author or author RM Gray?
1: R M G
0: R A Y A U T H O R and you need to look at those videos because <laughs> it is hard enough to write a book. And as an indie author as I alluded to earlier, you have to guerrilla market. Otherwise, you're not going to get any yeah. reads. Like no one's going to read the book. Right. And you make this content that is so movie-esque and movie trailer-esque that like I could gush over it for hours. Like there's something about like <laughs> the time that you're able to spend not only writing a best-selling novel but also making this content that is so incredibly on brand like a lot of people indie authors struggle with finding an identity i think for their content for their books yeah but you've done it in a in a good way your your content is engaging it's aesthetic and how did you land on that
1: i I really don't know. Like, I get asked all the time. I get asked yes. that all the time. And, like, it's just funny, like, looking back, I was making those videos for months before, really like, funny. I ever got, like, any, like, attention or anything. Like, I had started my Instagram January of 2020, 2023. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I started it in January, and I had, like, no followers until, like, June. Wow. And then like, that's when like people started like, so it was funny because I would make those videos and I would like send them to my family, like my siblings and stuff. And they would be like, oh, so cool. You know, (laughs) we would just kind of feel like, okay, you know, um, but like, just, I don't know for me, I, I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, and, and obviously I'm a huge movie girly. Like that's like a big thing. Like, that's what like our podcast is, you know, a lot about, um, I'm more like. Right with but like, I'm a huge movie girly and that's actually what I wanted before I ever wanted to be a writer growing up. I wanted to be a director. Really? Yeah. That was like where, which I think it was just a lot of misguided. Um, cause I was always a writer, but it was something that I never thought like I could do like uh, for some reason, like as a kid, I was like, oh, that's something like really like. That's something writers do. Like, really, they're these really smart right. people who, like, you know, how do they do it? Um, so I just wrote for myself. But I always thought, okay, I want to be in storytelling. And, you know, directors, they have all of this, you know, like, right. influence on these projects. And, like, I love movies. Um, and so it was as I got older that I was like, wait, maybe like more of what I want to do is be the person like writing the story. And like with a book, you really get to be the director, you know, like you get to, you get to be the director, producer, costume designer, set design. I mean, you get to do everything, you know, you really, yeah, you get to do the acting, you know, I mean, like, so you, you get to do all of it. it,
0: I've never thought about that before. I remember some writing advice. One of the best writing, one of the best writing advices I've ever gotten is treat your book like a movie. So every chapter is a new scene and it actually helps it flow way better when you do that.
1: Yep. And so that, that's kind of how I write is I see it like a movie. Um, and so when it came time to market, I just, like I said, I didn't want to reinvent the wheel and it's like, okay, I, I, something I love about movies is I love like critiquing trailers you know? And so like, I've always seen my book like yeah. as a trailer in my mind. So then when it came time to like, start putting that together, it was like almost just kind of like, why else would right. I do it any differently? Right. You know? Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how that like came about. And then I don't know, for some reason people resonated with it I mean, and here we are.
0: Content. What are you doing after this episode? go immediately to instagram follow her and look at her content i don't know how to describe it without just saying that it's like really good like really good and speaking of content pirates of the caribbean which you are the first to say is a big inspiration in your huge huge inspiration in in your book and it looks like a lot of the inspiration from the movies i mean the content is in a lot of the trailers that you make right so What was it like that was working with a franchise of already created content and then you did reinvent the wheel to a certain degree. But what was that like having that as like firm background evidence?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was. I always tell people like when it comes to parts of the Caribbean, like if you like parts, which we all do, who doesn't, you know, but if if you like parts of the Caribbean, that was like, I feel like something really like iconic, you know, (laughs) but really iconic, like through like the, you know, two thousands and like when I was growing up that it was like major for me. Like, I know I've told people, like, I literally dressed up like as a pirate to the premieres, like when I was a kid, like it's huge, huge for me. And so like, it's so Im- embedded in our culture, but there's nothing else like it. Like, there's, there's, that's really it. Like, if you like parts of the Caribbean, there's not like, oh, I like parts of the Caribbean and I also like this other like supernatural right. pirate thing, you know? Like, I mean, if there is, like, please, like, right, send me a recommendation, right. you know? But like, that's really it. Like, I mean, other than maybe like Sinbad or something, which I right. also love. <laughs> but like, yeah. But like, okay, so, you know, you talk about like dealing with like a whole franchise of stuff. It's like, there's so much that could be, it's such a fully formed world, but like such an isolated world that like, there's so much that you can pull from it, you know? I mean, it really like, it hits every spot like that you want it to hit. Like it's got the romance, it's got the action, it's got the adventure, it's got supernatural stuff. It's got, so I mean, you, you've got a lot to play with, so, it's not really, like, that difficult for me. Like, sometimes I'll be like, okay, I need something that kind of, like, fits the vibe of this scene that I'm trying to market. Pirates of Caribbean exactly. has that. You know? Like It's, there's so many of them, and they're all so well done. I mean, you talk about something I could, like, gush over for right. forever. But, yeah, I mean, so, I, I mean, mean, it's it's, like it's fun to have that.
0: In the one with the tentacle guy,
1: right like that was before
0: marvel like that was before unbelievable and even marvel CGI isn't as good as as that cgi was
1: i see stuff all the time where people like use that specifically as an yeah. example of like what happened to the cgi like this was like next it was so ahead of its oh, time absolutely. i mean it was way ahead of but its I'm time glad that people so. the
0: reception was so good to it because i, I do oh, absolutely a really, a really good film So, you talked a little bit about laying out all the films. I mean, films, see, all the books that you're reading (laughs) the five, or that you're writing the five books. What is your process like as a writer? Because I know it's different for everyone.
1: Yeah. um, I don't know. Like, that's, I feel like it's almost like it's such a broad question. So, I feel like my answer is going to be all over the place. Um, But, like, okay, for me, Um, because the the one thing people always usually want to know is like, are you a plotter? Are you like a a cancer? I'm. I would consider myself a planter, like firmly in the middle. Um, because I do have it all planned out. Like I have, I have my like. You know, like
0: cancer is for the listeners that don't might know. Yes.
1: So, like plotters, which I heard somebody use the term architect versus gardener the other day, and I liked that too. Yeah. Um. So plotters basically. You know you have everything planned out and like you stick to that outline like it's a detailed outline you know exactly what's gonna happen um and you follow that um and then pantsers are like you know you fly by the seat of your pants yeah you you just kind of like as you write you just like give yourself freedom to like see where it goes so uh, that's why i say like i'm firmly in the middle because i have everything planned out as far as like major beats like like, okay, like, just for example, because it's what I'm working on right now, but, like, with the sequel, you know, before I start working on it, I write down maybe, like, 12 major, like, plot happen. points or scenes. Like, yeah, that I want to happen. And then what I always tell people is, like, I know where I'm going, but I don't know how I'm going right. to get there. So I I leave myself room to play within that outline. Because, I mean, it's inevitable every time I start right. writing, a character will do something yep. or say something and I'm like, okay, I guess that's where we're going with this now, you know? So, like, just literally yesterday I was actually working on the draft and a character came into the scene and just totally, plans. like, wrecked, wrecked that scene, like, the plan that I had for that scene. But it's going in, like, a really fun direction now, which I think, you know, you were even talking about earlier, you know, like, doing it for yourself, like, writing for yourself. And, like, that's advice I give to people, too, all the time is, like, I would just said it on my podcast the other day, but, like, if you're bored by your book – the reader is going to be bored and so like if you are not excited to write that scene then nobody's going to be excited to read that scene yeah exactly and so for me i really like to have that room to play because that's where it's like exciting for me because i'll never get to read it truly as a reader so the most fun that i get to have with the story is like being surprised by the story Like, if I'm surprised, then I know the reader's going to be right. surprised. Because I'm like, I didn't see that plot twist right. coming.
0: Right. That's a good way of putting yeah. it also. Because, you know, people, yeah. I think, assume that when you're writing a book, you already know everything there is to know. And I, yeah. I definitely would say that, like, when I was writing, I was a, a I was a gardener and I was a uh, architect. Definitely a planter also. Because, yeah. like, I was talking to another author yeah. friend of mine. um, And she was saying, I was like begging her to have a certain thing happen in her next book, begging her. She was like, I'm trying, but the characters are like doing their own thing. Not about it. People are like, well, these characters aren't real. I mean, that's true. But when you're writing something and you know people so well, character wise, you really figure out that you're just writing in a direction that they end up going and you don't even realize. Like, You could be writing a scene where like a man goes to a grocery store and buys an apple But then all of a sudden your direction is like, he sees his ex-girlfriend there with another guy buying an apple. And you're like, well, that wasn't in my plan, but now let's Let's see where it goes. Like, does he go to talk to the ex-girlfriend? Does he get another apple? Does he go to a different aisle? Like there are so many things that you can do in that situation that you didn't plan for. And I think that's like, I, you know what, I love people that can do both, get you a girl who can do both, honestly, like, and I love people that can do it one way <laughs> or the other, like some people yeah. are good with structure, some people don't need the structure, so I, I think that that's a really good yeah. way of, of viewing kind of how your writing process is in a way that is, is um, digestible for a lot of different people that are struggling, and, and also, you know, a lot of people that are listening to this might be us, such as me might be authors trying to be authors themselves. Like, what are some tips you think you have for aspiring authors? Like
1: spe- specifically on like what side um, of it or just like in general or like?
0: Specifically on, give me two about self-publishing and two about completing your work.
1: Okay, um, that's a good way to put it. Okay, so I would say like, on the self-publishing side, um, and I I hate if this is going to be, like, general, like, sorry. (laughs) But, like, um, usually my, like, advice for self-publishing is going to, like, end up being, like, some sort of, like, pep talk. But, like, I would say when it comes to self-publishing, give yourself time. Don't, like, rush any aspect of it along. Um, Now that I'm on the other side of, of my debut, there were definitely a lot of days like during the publishing process that things were not necessarily falling into the timeline that I wanted yeah. to stick with. Um, like I had to, like my release date was not my original okay. release date. I ended up having that's to move right. that. You Friday um, the 13th. I did, which ended up, which that's a good point. Like that ended up being even better than my original plan. Um, so definitely just like, don't try to rush any aspect of it. Um, Cause really, The process is like the fun part, you know, like it's stressful when you're in it. I can only say that now, obviously, if I could go back and tell myself that I would be like, what are you talking about? Like, this is miserable. But like the process really is the fun part. Like you, you get a rare opportunity when you're self-publishing to be involved in every aspect of this piece of art that you are putting out in the world. Like it's yours. Like you're, you have influence over the cover. You have influence over the formatting. I mean, and it's a lot to learn and it's fun and it's not something you are getting a rare opportunity to do something that very few people will ever do. And so really, like I said, just take your time and soak that in, you know, and you'll never, you'll never have your first one ever again. After that, it's, you know, it's just follow-up. So, I mean, really enjoy the process of it. Um, and then my second piece of advice would be, um, like, kind of to fall in the same vein of do it for yourself. And if you like it, that's what matters. But really, like, listen so closely when I say this, but like, really don't let other people influence what what you're doing um it is your thing and it belongs to you and you if you love it that is what matters like at the end of the day like I I I told Harrison when I was leading up to and everything because it was a really delicate balance between like shooting for the stars and dreaming big like obviously it's like you want to believe like oh people are gonna love what I'm doing all these people are gonna read it but then also like having that like like place in myself where it's like okay if only one person likes this like that's fine exactly, you know exactly. and like maybe maybe I'm the only person that likes this and that's fine um but yeah like don't don't pay attention to any negativity you know like I don't read any of my negative yeah, reviews cannot. like don't
0: not worth yeah that.
1: like no because it doesn't really matter I'm you know like
0: at the end of the day
1: Absolutely. Well, and something that I even do still, um, which I don't know, maybe people will have like mixed opinions on this, but it's just what I've always said is like, I, when I love something like a book or a movie, whatever, I go read its negative reviews oh, yeah. to just like remind yeah. myself as an artist that like my favorite thing is something somebody else like right. hates. And so if people do that with my work, then, like, who cares? You know, like, if there's people out there that like love it, like, wonderful. If there's people out there that hate it, exactly. fine. But, like, I did it for me, you know, like that, that book right there, I, when I look at it, I just think, like, it's almost kind of like, it in my own mind, I can pretend like it's not out in right. the world. And it's just like mine, you know? Like, I did that. Like, I worked hard on that. I really love it. I enjoy it. I mean, you're going to read your story more than anybody exactly. else is ever going to read your story exactly. while you're working on it, you know? So, like, if you enjoy it, block out any, like, because, I mean, specifically for pre-published authors, you know? that is like a big fear yeah. is worrying. Like I, I used to tell my parents all the time, like, and they would try to like hype me up. Like, look, you know, you're going to get negative reviews. That is a part of, right. of what you're doing. And like, so if you don't feel like you can handle that, like you need to rethink what you're doing, you know, what, what you want to do. Do you want to share it with the world if you don't? And so I always had to have it in my mind. I mean, you know, it's going to happen, but when you get your first one, yeah. you have to like take a step back and really like remind yourself like, that's not that's not that's important not that's not, not why you did it did it
0: because no one no piece exactly of art is perfect
1: and no and not it's there's no piece of art that's liked yes. by everyone you know i mean like oscar-worthy films are some people's like films Everything. that they're like that's the worst film ever Or like books like some people like absolutely hate like some of my favorite books and i'm like well do you, do you know that everybody has me? their opinion. Exactly. Yeah. So that would be on the self-published side of things. That would be like, you know, what I have to say. And they kind of, I feel like bleed into, you know, my other two bits of advice, but you know, as far as finishing your draft, um, I feel like I'm just going to keep beating this. Course, dead right. first, but like, but, but really, if you enjoy what you're doing, then you want to get to the end of it. And like, Take it, you know, one, one huge piece of advice that my dad has given me and all my siblings all growing up and everything that we do is, you know, you take everything one log at a time. You know, if you, if you're going out to chop firewood, you, you don't look at the whole huge stack of logs. Yeah. You take it one log at a time. And if you just keep chopping at it one log at a time, eventually it's, it's all going to be done, you know? So if everything, and my dad always says, which I'm probably going to butcher this, but Like inch by inch, it's a cinch yard by yard. It's hard mile by mile. It's a trial. So if you take it little by little, it's easy. And so when it comes to finishing, I know, (laughs) I know. So when it comes to finishing your draft, I even have to remind myself of it constantly because you're looking at this major project and you're looking at blank paper and it feels so daunting. Like, am I ever going to finish this? How is it all going right. to work out? But I mean, really some of the best advice is, you, you know, you can't edit a blank page. Right. Like, but you can edit a bad one. So just right. write, get you know, there. just get it out onto paper because you're never going to be able to know what needs to be fixed in your story if you try to do it all up here. You know, you have to have it where you can see it out on the paper and and get that kind of, you know, like dopamine hit. Can you hear my dogs in the background? <laughs> <laughs> they're so loud um but you know you get that kind of sense of accomplishment right. that, like it's out there you did it it's done now you're just on to the next exactly. phase, of, phase exactly. of the project you know so definitely you know I would say that that's something that's important right. is just taking it little by little and and if you love what you're doing and also just focus on like it's okay to take a apps that is really i mean you said it like sometimes i i was just telling somebody the other day i think i might have talked about it on my podcast um but you know sometimes you hit a point in your work where you just are like this is not working or you kind of burn out i know most of those
0: things in the summer
1: Yes. Yeah. And well, and I just recently had that while I was working on book two, because, you know, book one had come out and there's all of a sudden, all of this pressure. People are always asking me when is book two coming, you know, what's, you know, all this, curse? and people have so many opinions right. now on what they want to see in book two that aren't a part of my plan, you know? And so I'm having to like rein that in that, like, okay, some people might not be happy with where it goes or what happens, you know? But, But so for me, I had gotten to that place where all of a sudden it was like, I put all this pressure to like, get it done in a certain time. And, you know, like try to like, you know, I started really getting in my head about like people pleasing, you know, and like, it just, those things that people want don't work for the story. Like they're not going to go in there. So I almost came to this like total standstill. And I just was like, I told Harrison, I was like, I'm taking a break. Like, I'm not even going to put the pressure on myself to like, to do this, to get up and, you know, like write every day on this project, like something, well, and something that I do, which is actually how Nightweaver was born. Um, is I, if I'm working on a project and I'm stuck or I'm burnt out and I feel like I'm doing it for the wrong reasons or I'm, you know, whatever it is, I will just work on something just for me. Oh, I love that. Like something that like, I can just sit down and write and it's, there's no pressure. I'm never going to publish it. Nobody's ever going to see it. Like, I don't have to stay within, like, these really tight confines of, of plot and, you know, all these things. I just do it for me. And that's literally how Night really? was born. I was working on another project, and I had got to a place where it was finished. It had gone through its second developmental edit, but it's, it's really, like, massive. Yeah. It's my treasure planet meets Anastasia, you know, whatever. Um, but I had just gotten so frustrated yeah. with working on it. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to work on something just for me. And that was Nightweaver. And so, but obviously <laughs> while I was working on Nightweaver, I was like, I kind of like this. I think I'm going to like see where it goes, finish it. And then, you know, the rest is history. But yeah, oh, so that would be goodness. my, my other are piece. Those such yeah. good
0: tips. And I think that they are so unique. They're not like everyone's like, you know, just keep going. Like they're very specific about like, yeah. land- like mile- not landmarks, milestones and like places <laughs> you should hit my god that is incredible well thank you for kicking off this ep- this whole podcast journey with such a was such Aww. a start like this this episode <laughs> was <full of laughs> thank you for having was me such like impactful like moments and i am so Aww. excited to see more about what's up next for you and and for everyone listening we are going to have a link in our bio that has a list of all the authors and um links to their pages and their books and their socials and all those things and Make sure that you give Nightweaver a read. Check out RM Gray Author on Instagram and please, 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 have a good day. All right, bye everyone. Yes.
2: <laughs> bye. Hey, beautiful people, it's Alex. So, I hope you've all been good girls because if you have, we've got a surprise for you. First, thank you for sticking around towards the end of the podcast. We really, really appreciate you seeing it all the way through. Two, I'm really bummed that R.M. and I couldn't meet in person or on webcam. Yeah, because <laughs> she's a really amazing person. And then lastly, that's actually last, that's three. Lastly, we want to give a present to those of you who actually stuck around and were here with us in our first episode. So R.M. has graciously donated a signed copy of Nightweaver, and we are actually going to give that copy of Nightweaver to one of you guys. So, how are you going to do that? Go ahead and click on that link in the description box and you can enter into the giveaway and you will have seven days to enter. And on the seventh day, we will go ahead and announce the winner and it'll only be on our socials and it will be publicly announced. So, don't get scammed. Don't get scammed. We'll announce it on Good Girls Read After Dark pod pod, um, on Instagram and on TikTok. You guys can find those links in the description as well so only follow the official account and then two if that person doesn't respond within 24 hours we will go ahead and redraw okay we will see you on the next one bye